as we come as a church together today to celebrate Christmas, we come with great joy celebrating the birth of Christ. But yet the challenge and difficulty as we come to celebrate Christmas is Christmas just feels like it's another day. We come together just as if it was a birthday party to celebrate and say, hooray, congratulations, Jesus, you're now another year older. You're now another year's wiser. But what are we truly here to celebrate? It's not to say that we're here to celebrate Jesus' birthday as if he turns, you know, 2,000 years old. But there's more to Christmas than just that. Just coming to remember and recognize the fact that Jesus is born. Today's his birthday, yay. But instead, we have to look at the word that we come to celebrate. Christmas. Christ to the masses. So as we come to celebrate Christmas, we're reminded of our own call to bring Christ to the masses, to bring Christ to others. So how does that fit into our whole context of our celebration today? How does Christ, how is Christ brought to the masses? How are we to bring Christ to others? We have to look and turn to our gospel passage today. We hear very carefully that it was Caesar Augustus, the emperor at that time, calling for a census and expecting a census. So what is the importance of a census? For a ruler to take account of each person in his geographic area, to take taxes, to know how many people are in his geographic area that he rules over. So this illustration of power, of control, but when you ask to take senses, there's a fear because I'm losing control. There's a fear in that fact that there's a king that is rumored to come about, a king that's going to come into the world that Caesar Augustus is afraid who's going to overthrow him and take over his power. And therefore he goes about to take a census. Then what is interesting is we hear they're asked to go back to their homeland, their hometown, to participate in that census. Going back to home is an illustration for us that there is an origin to our story. There's a reason for all of this. There's a reason and why we're called to bring Christ to the masses. Because our origin story doesn't begin at a town. It doesn't begin with the place. Our origin begins with our creator God himself who created each and every one of us in his image and his likeness. We were created for love, to be loved, and out of love. And that's why we were created. To fully respond to his love unconditionally and freely. But in our own story, our own origin, we find, we hear, we understand that sin crept into our lives. And for that reason, it is a struggle and a challenge and a difficulty for us to love God fully with our whole heart, to respond to God's love unconditionally, and most importantly, to live out and accept that love for ourselves. That is our origin story. But also what is interesting 
is, Jesus, is Mary and Joseph return to the town called Bethlehem, the house of bread. This is interesting for us. It's something that we have to dwell upon. Is that place, that origin, that place of origin is a place of dwelling. A place where we're called to remain and to be with someone. That someone is going to give us their life and fully show us what it means to love. Because when we look at the house of bread, bread is meant to be shared, to be given for all. So we are meant to receive this unconditional love from our God. We are meant to share this unconditional love with the whole world. That's where we're called. But yet if we look at our lives, my dear brothers and sisters, who is truly content? Who is truly happy? Because at the end of the day, you and I can look at our lives and we can say that we're broken. We're not fully and truly content. We're not truly satisfied with what we're doing and where we're going. So then how do we bring Christ to the masses? How do we share that love with others? How do we embody that love for ourselves so that we can share and give others unconditionally? It begins where we find him. We want to look for God, look for his love, and experience his love in this magnificent way. Think of it this way. When we talk about kings, we want to see palace, throne, kingdom, gold, everything large and grand. But yet we speak of the king of the universe coming into this world in a manger, laying in a, in, in a trough. How is that a king? But what it shows us and calls us is if we're looking for Christ, we're not looking for him in these big extraordinary ways, but we're trying to find him in the little ordinary things of our daily life. It begins first and foremost with our yes. If we look at Joseph and Mary's life, it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to find God in the little things of life. But how do we find that? It begins with that yes. If we look at Joseph and Mary's life, every moment of their journey required a yes. We, we know in Mary's story, the appearance of the angel Gabriel telling her that she's going to bear a son, the son of God, and carry him into this world. But we also forget about Joseph's yes in all of this. Because Joseph, a righteous man, finds Mary pregnant during his betrothal. They've not go they haven't gone home to each other yet. But yet instead he finds his soon-to-be wife carrying a son, pregnant with a child. Being a righteous man, knowing that it's not my child, he wants to leave her quietly. Because he knows if he, uh, he confronts Mary, she has to be stoned to death. 
because she's committed adultery in some sense. And so Joseph, knowing and understanding that, being the righteous man he is, writes a bill of divorce and says, I'm leaving. But instead, the angel appears to him and says, Joseph, take this child as your own. Because she was given this child by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph says yes and responds to the angel and takes that child as his own. And is instructed by the child to name him Jesus. In naming a child in Jewish culture, it's to say that I, as a father, accept that child as my own in the eyes of the law. So Joseph, in his yes again, takes on Jesus as his own, raises Jesus as his own son. Even though he's not Joseph's biological son. But he still takes Jesus on and raises him as his own. So we see that if we're going to bring Christ to the masses, it begins first and foremost with this yes. This yes is not going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient for us. We see in the life of Mary and Joseph, it requires sacrifice. It's going to bring about suffering. It's going to bring about challenges and difficulties. It's going to be, bring even difficulties among the family. It's going to change their life so radically that people are going to find it disgusting. But yet they still remain faithful to that yes. We see even in their yes in our gospel reading today that it's not, it wasn't easy. As Jesus was born... He's not, he doesn't have the normal comforts of birth. He's born in a manger, very unsterile environment. But he was born in a manger. He was born away, not in a town that his parents were growing up or living in. But because of that sense, they're now going back to somewhere that they're unsure of, unfamiliar with. But they're going back and giving birth to Jesus. The challenge of difficulties, if you, even if you look at this manger scene, where's his relatives? Where's his neighbors? Where's his family? There's no family in this midst, except for Joseph and Mary. And if we look at it very carefully, we also hear in our gospel reading that the shepherds were the first to come and see so instead of having family, neighbors, and friends come and witness and be celebrating with the family at the birth of Jesus, the lowly of the low in society is the first to recognize and see him. The outcast, the neglected of society, is the first to welcome him into this world, the first to accept him. So what do we do as we bring and live out Christmas? The call and invitation for us is to bring Christ to the masses. So it begins first and foremost in the yes, and finding God in the little things of life. And through those yeses, Christ is therefore made present in our lives, and we begin to share that with others. One of the challenging things of our yes is we want it to be convenient. 
We wanted it to be easy. But in those inconvenient moments, Christ is more present in our lives. It's not that he's not present with us right now, but because there's so many things around us that occupy us, we don't even recognize if Jesus was sitting next to us. But in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of our sacrifices, we recognize it and realize everything else in front of us doesn't matter. We ignore the noise that are around us, that are circulating around us, and focus on what is truly and most important in our life, and we begin to see God. We begin to find God, and we begin to seek Him out more and more. So now in the midst of the difficulties, how can we apply that into finding God even in this moment today? Even when we're gathered together around family with such great joy, with such great excitement, how do we find God in that moment? How do we find God here and now as we sit and gather together to celebrate this Mass? We find Him in the transformation and change of our hearts. We can see and begin to find it in deep within ourselves. Because when we look at Mary and Joseph, their life, their yes, their finding God in the small things was not just something in vain. It wasn't just an action they did. It wasn't just saying, okay, I say yes, Lord, but I'm going to just sit around and do absolutely nothing. Their yes, their little, little things in life and finding God allowed them to see the glory of God working in their lives. Their lives, therefore, are changed forever. It's changed because it's not of their doing. It's changing because they have recognized God in their life. They have seen God work in their lives. And most importantly, they see God walking with them every step of the way. They've allowed the Holy Spirit to enter into their lives. They've allowed the Holy Spirit to transform and change them. And they have allowed that change to change them forever. So when we hear in our gospel reading, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people here on earth. That peace, that glory that we come to celebrate today is the glory of the transformation. That you and I have the ability to be changed and transformed forever. We have the ability to return back to the origin that we're meant to be and we're allowed to bring Christ to the world to others. So what are we going to do? Are we going to live Christmas the same way we have been living for all these years of our life? Or are we going to let Christmas, Christ to the masses, change us forever? to impact us in our lives and allow us to go into the world and light the world on fire, to bring change about through our words, our actions, and our deeds. But most importantly, we ourselves glorify God by that change. It's really up to you, my dear brothers and sisters. The question becomes, are we going to do it? Are we not? 
Are we going to allow God into our lives with our yeses and finding him in the little things? Or are we content with where we're at? Are we, do we want that change in our lives? Or do we just want to celebrate Christmas as if it was any other day? A big commercialized holiday that we just focus on gifts, things that perish, and really forget why we're here. Or are we just here to celebrate and congratulate Jesus that it's his birthday, yay, and go home as if nothing has happened and nothing has changed. So it is up to you, my dear brothers and sisters, to make the decision. Are we going to live Christmas differently? Or is Christmas just another day for you and I? Amen.